Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and it's always so much fun to be here with you. And, wow, we've got a lot of feedback going on on the line just now. Uh, just a second. Let's see if we can fix this before we get too far. Okay, it's great there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unmute our guest line here in just a second and see if that solves it. Emma? Emma? Good morning. That yes. feedback is on your line, so I'm going to have you call back in, Okay. Okay. Okay, and if you have any other screens open, like if you have Blog Talk Radio or anything open, shut that down. All right, you guys, sorry. We want to make sure that this gets great for you who are listening live as well as for all of those who listen later. And we have so many people who listen to the show archived. So I'm going to welcome you back again. This is Marnie Swedberg, and our program today is Women's Ministry Leadership Training, Bridging the Gap Between Older and Younger Women. We're going to go through this hour explaining the potential benefits you'll enjoy when your women's ministry chooses to include women in the various stages of life, some of the challenges you will face along the way, the first step toward building a multi-generational women's ministry in your church, what keeps women in the church disconnected from women's ministry, and how to inspire them to actively participate. We'll be talking about why you must clarify the purpose of your women's ministry first and how this impacts the overall church community. And finally, how to create a special bond among your women while directly supporting the mission and vision of your church. Our guest today is Emma Soy. She's an author, speaker, and ministry leader. She's also uh, she's also been a registered nurse for 20 years, and she is passionate about healing the hearts and the souls of people. Uh, she was first a nurse, uh, healing bodies, and now she's healing souls and hearts. And so beautiful to have her with us today. She's a WM pioneer at her own church, and she's also the founder of Women Seeking the Father Ministry. Okay, Emma, welcome to you. This is second year. For some reason, we're clogging up for just one moment, and Emma is coming, but she's not quite here yet. Hang on a second. Hmm. Our blog talk radio dashboard seems to be spinning out just a little tiny bit here today. There we go, Emma. I'm here. Here. Oh, fantastic, and we have no more feedback. Lovely, lovely. Okay, great. great. Well, Emma, welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you're here, and I want us to just dive straight in, Emma, uh, with some potential benefits that a women's ministry can expect if they include all the ages, and maybe we need to preface that with, you know, there's still room to have separate um you know, groups for the babies and the moms with babies and all that kind of stuff. But if you will build in a segment of ministry that includes all of your women, there are some really great benefits that you can um, expect to see in your group. So, Emma, let's have you share some of those. Sure. Now, Marnie, uh, especially for the church with, with small church where they don't have the ability to to develop um, specific um, like a single ministry for women, a, a group for moms and uh, tots and all that. So um, I, I, I've been around and talking to diff- different churches and small or larger churches, and one of the things that women have been asking me uh, nowadays is, you know, uh, people are looking at, at our group or as our women ministry more as a, a older uh, women ministry, and they asked me asking me the question: How do we bring the the women in their in their thirties? How do we men bring women in their late twenties and forties into our ministry? And how do we encourage them? And so that's what I've been seeing in um, around even in my own ministry, women ministry, that I find that I find that older women are more interested, and and I've been working really hard at reaching out to the different generations, uh, younger women, uh, um, mid women in their um, middle, like forties and late forties and fifties, and and old and the older women to bring them together because there are so many things that we can gain. One of the things that we can gain into that is more promoting mentorship opportunities for women. 
as um, outlined in Titus 2, verse 35, is um, how and when you have a ministry with women in various um, stages of life, it, 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 everyone benefits. And everyone benefits in, in that particular ministry, either, you know, someone in their 30s, 40s, and, and older, whether you're raising children or children um, going in high school and college or retiring. And so there are so many things that they can get from there. One of it, one of them is teaching of the women, older women teaching the younger women on some of the things they've gone through. So one of, that's one of the things that I've found myself hanging out with older women, with giving me a lot of counsel, even with my younger children, even the ones that are in high school. So I love it, and I and I would love that other women ministries would, um, if it's a it's if it's a, if it's a possibility to be able to have that kind of ministry within their church too. Absolutely, it's it's one of the one of the most powerful things is to allow what God's done is in an older woman to affect that the life of a younger woman and to let her see this is where uh, you know I'm going. Um, her, yes. you know, her. I always call, I always call them godly examples of womanhood. You know, and and you just look at them and you go, wow, I'm going to be her age yeah. someday soon. <laughs> and what am I going to have yeah. to look back on? What am I going? And they have so exactly. much wisdom. But yeah, mm-hmm. are there any other benefits that somebody could look forward to? Yeah, well, um, some of the benefits. How about a friendship? You know, uh, it's a beautiful thing when a younger woman can find an older woman to partner with and be and and, and uh, promote friendship. How about loneliness? A lot of older women, if they are, whether they um, are single, uh, uh, widows or uh, retiring age, they alone. They sometimes feel very alone, and they feel they're doing something. Um, as they get older, physically, they may they may not be able to do all the things that they used to do. But if they could find a younger woman to pour their life into, that makes them feel so youthful and, um, you know, still be part of the ministry in their age. I, I found older women love to share their lives with younger women. So the, some of the benefit is promoting friendship and um, helping uh, women that are lonely. Some women, um, moms, new moms, may not feel uh, like they have someone to um, ask questions and they may not have families around. And to be part of a group of a women ministry where there are older women that they can turn to, I think would be wonderful. Um, even the maturity level and teaching. You know, the younger woman uh, is, is probably mature in her own way, but the older woman probably is mature spiritually. Um, they have seen days that the younger women have not been able to see. And, and more mature in the Word of God and being able to pour the Word of God in the life of the younger person. So those are really great um, benefit. I think both sides can gain, younger women and the older women. I love that. I love I love the concept about um, the loneliness of older women. And, you know, when you think about the stages of life, there is a stage, and it's hard for young moms to even believe this, <laughs> but there is a stage <laughs> later in life where yeah. you wish that you had more people around you. You know, when your kids are little, you're, like, just dying for some time alone. But there is a time later on when it gets pretty quiet, and um, it's really a beautiful benefit to have um, young children and a a younger woman in your life, and you have so much to offer, your years of experience and just learning to trust God and all the miracles that he's done in your life that you can look back on and and share with her when she's going through a really tough time. I love that. I love that. And I think the other thing that, to me, it just models a oneness in a church where we say we are one and we don't say, okay, we're 30s, we're 40s, we're 50s, we're 60s, but we are all one. And yet, of course, just like students have to be segregated in school for, you know, learning different stages, uh, segregation in women's ministry is also very helpful and good too. But there's so much to be gained by bringing us all together. Let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that groups face when they're transgenders they're either trying to bring the women's ministry together or, like you said earlier, there's only one group and you're trying to bring in yeah. the younger ones. Yes. Oh, definitely it's not easy. I am not speaking to women leaders today to say bringing uh, the, to, the gap, bring, um, 
um, uh, closing the gap between women of different ages is going to be easy. But when it is in your heart, when you are able to, um, uh, when it's in your heart as a passion and you don't give up, it's possible. Some of the challenges that you will find is that um, younger women are very busy. Very busy. If they are, if they have small children, and today many of us are working, um, they really don't have the time. Um, I've, I've talked to uh, women leaders. One of the things that they say to me, because um, while the reason why many of their younger women are not attending, they don't have time. They go to work full time, and they're at home also after work trying to take care of children of different ages or different stage of their own lives. So it's very hard to bring them together, um, number one. The other thing is, is acceptance, acceptance of the idea. Um, for young women, I can remember myself, when I was younger and I got married, I didn't want to be part of the same group that my mother is in, my grandmother. Yeah, right. I just felt like, <laughs> I just felt like, well, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready. Um, in my church, a lot of the older women, for example, used to wear hats. And I'm like, okay, I'm not ready for this. And so if someone were to come to me at that time and ask me to be part of the women's ministry, they would have to um, give me a lot of reasons why I need to. So I think taking the time to share that kind of ideas to both sides is, 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 is one of the challenges. The other one Emma, is... Yeah, Emma, just yeah. before you go on there, one of the things that I think is that the women who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s grew up with women's ministry. They grew up with women really highly involved in the church through a women's ministry. Whereas right. our younger generation here, this is not what, how they grew up. They grew up watching their moms do it, but they never owned it for themselves. It was their mom's yeah. thing and not their thing. And really honestly, when we say they don't have enough time they would have enough time if they felt like it was for them. But just like what you were talking about, that idea has to cross a mental barrier for them. They have to somehow come to own that concept that this is something that they could benefit from. You know, and and there's two sides to it. They can can both benefit personally and they can be a benefit to others. But we we as the um, older generation who have the women's ministries in place have to really step back a little bit, and we can't just keep doing business as usual. We're going to talk about that in a little while. Well, what were some of the other challenges that we might face as we started into this? It's the generational gap, meaning that the younger uh, younger women see things completely different than the older women. The older women, um, the way they used to do ministry um, probably was different. When I grew up, the women ministry in my church, they meet together, they have meals, you know, they just, you know, talk about things of the, you know, their aches and what have you. And the younger women have so many of their own issues today that they feel the older women, you know, they're not willing to discuss or the older women would not be interested in. And so I think it's our, it's our responsibility as leaders to be able to, when the women ministry is not one-sided, you know, the programs are not one-sided, but it is uh, you create programs or events to to be able to um, uh, satisfy, you're not going to satisfy everybody, but at least the majority of every, people on both sides. And so mm-hmm. the challenge is trying to be able to have programs or events where both of the groups can participate and enjoy it. Yeah, I was thinking about that generational gap, you know, when, the older ladies, when they were having women's ministry, the deal was that they had been home all day long and they really needed to get out. They needed to talk to somebody because they've been with little children for hours, endless hours. And so sitting together with other ladies and doing quilting or, you know, doing uh, craft work or something like that was a really great outlet for them. Today's young moms are not in the same situation. Very few of them Mm -hmm. are at home time. 
And so most of them are getting kind of a lot of their chit-chat needs met elsewhere. And we have to really take into consideration their time limitations as well as their physical limitations. This is Marnie Sleberg. We're visiting today with Emma Soy. We're going to come right back and talk about a few more of the challenges that women's ministries face as they try to go multi-generational, as well as the first step toward building a multi-generational women's ministry in your church. We will be right back. Do you need a speaker for your next event? Find the perfect speaker at womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range. It's free to search, and you're sure to find the perfect speaker for your upcoming event at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and our guest today, Emma Soy, is, of course, a speaker over at womenspeakers.com, and you're welcome if you're a speaker to join us over there, as well as if you're a women's ministry leader, be sure to go check out all those awesome, uh, almost 2,000 speakers available to you. Some some live right next door, and you don't even know they're there, so go check it out at womenspeakers.com. Emma, we were talking before the break about some challenges and talking about, you know, the time issue the mental barrier as well as the generational gap. So are there any other obvious um, or not maybe not so obvious challenges that groups face as they start into this ministry? Yes, I have one more that I wanted to discuss is the scheduling time, scheduling yeah. events. The older woman who uh, is at home um, could do breakfast, could do lunch. The, the uh, younger woman that is at work and coming home, to do dinner and getting their, picking up their kids from school and driving them to soccer events or different things, they don't have time for breakfast. They don't have time for lunch events. So we, uh, that's one of the challenges is to find time, to, to find the, the time that works for both groups that, that, so they can attend. So if you have a breakfast event during the week, you know that most of the women who will be attending will be people who do not work. Uh, if you do a breakfast, a lunch, the same kind of thing. But if you do events that are more scheduling during the weekend or evening hours, you might be able to find the younger women more readily being able to attend instead of just instead of having it one way. So that's one of the things is bringing different ideas together. You know, as bringing your leadership group together and talk about the ideas and see how you can do things that would benefit both groups all the um, most of the time. Yeah, so scheduling, I think the other yeah, scheduling is huge, and then the other thing is childcare too. These these young moms really mm-hmm. need us to provide childcare for them, um, or they yeah. they're. And I remember being a young mom. I remember that sometimes, like, if Dave wanted to take me on a date or something like that, my husband, then um, uh, then it it would be, like, almost a barrier because I couldn't find anybody to watch the kids. And even though I really wanted to go out with him by myself and by ourselves, um, I would just about, you know, give up because I couldn't find somebody to watch the kids. And when it comes to women's ministry, women are a lot less likely to jump through hoops before they've committed to, you know, finding the benefit for themselves and for others in it. And so we we need to provide chocolate. Make it as easy. I guess just make it as easy as possible. possible. (laughs) Put it at a time that they can do, make it a length of time that they can handle and all that. Well, let's talk about the first step toward building building a multi-generational women's ministry in our church. What, What do you think is the absolutely first step? First step is to pray. The first step is to pray, that not only to pray for God to give you the des- a desire to build such a ministry in your church uh, and passion for it, because um, when you face the challenges or the issues and the problems um, building this kind of ministry, that your passion will keep you going. So you pray, pray for directions, pray for God lead, God's leading into this whole uh, program, and then that, that, that would be the first thing um, I would suggest. The next thing is make an assessment, assessing um, your group, assessing the church, because there may not be, uh, be a mean for that. I mean, for right. that. Look at your church. Look at what 
is being offered in your church. If your if your younger women already have um, uh, avenues in the church, you know they have uh, moms with ch- small children. They have married couple ministry. They already have all the stuff in your church. Then you have to assess to see what is is that kind of ministry necessary or needed in your church. So you pray, you assess. In the um, ebook Women's Ministry, which um, I have over at uh, womenspeakers.com, if you just go on the left side there and ask for the free gift, that's one of the free gifts. You get many free gifts there. But Women's Ministry Guide is one of them. And it's just a very short, about 40-page book in there. And it talks about the survey that I've developed, and that's available over there too, um, that you can use to help identify what your inter- women are actually interested in, because that's one of the. I feel like that's one of the biggest mistakes that women's ministry mm-hmm. leaders make is they go by what they're interested in instead of yeah. finding out what their women are interested in, and it, sometimes it can be a huge difference. Yes, yes, because you 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 might you might love the idea or you might have seen the idea somewhere else, but is it going to work in in your church? So um, the thing is, you need to pray about it to really let God to lead to let God lead you to see if that's a really um, if this ministry is needed. Like you suggest, as do a survey uh, among the women of both generation and looking at the younger and the older. The other thing is, is bringing your idea to to leadership and and hear what they have yeah. to say too. Um, go ahead. I honestly love, and in the Women's Ministry Guide, I talk about this. I really recommend that women's ministry leaders take a survey of their women. First, ask your board permission to take a survey of your women. And then when you bring the results of that survey to the board, they are, yes. they are usually male logic side, logic brain thinkers, and they yes. can actually hear the results of a survey better than they can hear that God put something on your heart. Yes. <laughs> that's girl yes. talk. Yes. And guys <laughs> oftentimes are like, well, that's great. We'd love to support you, but, you know, we just yes. we just need some facts. And so it's yes. really so, you know, on so many levels, the survey idea is so helpful. And so, yeah. and and what we found is that it was taking people 20 hours to develop a survey, and then they didn't have any way to process it. So that's why we created one over at WomenSpeakers.com, and that just comes as part of the program there. But anyway, this survey, and then what we did when you get the surveys back in, is to just pray over each survey, pray over each yeah. woman by name, and that's the next step of that prayer thing is to personalize it. So first you pray about the idea, then you pray about you know, the permissions, then you pray about the direction, then you pray about the um, names of the gals who come in, and then after that you would hold like a first meeting or something yes. to um, to talk about it. So what do you think about um, what do you think about the first meeting? And I kind of have an opinion on this myself, but <laughs> do you feel like it's best to have a big broad meeting with all the women to discuss it first or to pick the women that you feel like are your leaders, possible leader, first leadership team and have them first? I I feel that once you have the okay from your from your leadership in the church that you would bring it to your then you could share that with your women leadership and 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 share the survey with them um, and then you need them to be able to help you sell that the that idea the idea to the group uh, to both groups actually so I I feel that you could share it with uh, the leadership the women ministry leadership and if you already have a women ministry in the church where you know that most of the women are older women I would share that after I share that with my leader leaders I would share that with them and get their own opinion and see how they feel and share the same survey with survey with them and see um, where they stand with that because as much as younger women may not want to be with older women, older women too because this is going to be a change in their in their group. Exactly. Right. It's a huge change. Right. People yeah. do not like change. <laughs> <laughs> we know. We resist change that way. Yeah. And I think the other step then, and that's kind of how I always encourage to you, you actually, you actually uh, select your leadership first and then you meet with them then you go to the general women but because the surveys are so helpful a lot of times there's a position for everybody by the time you go to the rest of the ladies 
you can say now, um, you know, Susan over here is going to be the director of all the the events, and we've got, you know, a lot of gals turned in on their survey that they really would love to help put together events, um, either the publicity yes. or the games or whatever. So if you guys are interested in that, maybe go stand over by Susan right now. And what you'll find is that everybody can feel very involved right away, even if they didn't get, you know, picked for the head position or whatever. Right away, we can put people into into a service position. And Emma, that's really, to me, you know, after prayer and getting going, getting them involved yes. directly yes. is the key, yes. isn't it? it Yes, because I, I've I've shared that with couple leaders um, recently, and I say I would. Someone had asked me how to do this in their women in their church, and I asked them, "What is their leadership? What is their women leadership look like?" Well, they didn't have any younger women, any younger women um, in the leadership. So I I suggested that you mix it. You you have. Absolutely. Both generation in the in the leadership, because they both will bring things. And when another woman in their thirties see, sees another woman in their thirties in leadership, and approaching them to come to an event, they're more apt to they're more open to receive that. It, it's that uh, is, it, it, the exact. Go ahead. That's such an important point that when you're developing yeah. your leader, your core leadership team, that you don't go with all the older ladies. You've got to, <laughs> if you're looking to go multi-generational, you have to actually put your put your money where your mouth is, and you got to bring on yes. some of the younger gals onto that leadership team. Absolutely, yeah. And you don't bring all and younger in, women either. <laughs> right, exactly. And in fact, yeah. in fact, if there is a if there is a gal that's right smack in the middle where she is pretty young physically, but she is very strong and older, mature in Christ mm-hmm. spiritually. She's she's going to, and has the skill sets, she's going to be your perfect, um, really your ideal leader if there is somebody like that, because that just yeah. helps to bridge the gap so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And, you know, and currently in my own women ministry, I have uh, a young woman in my ministry and the leadership She's 22, and my oldest person in the leadership is 68. Right. right and beautiful. so I have a big gap, and I get all, all, I mean, it's wonderful, because I have 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and everybody yeah. just loves to be, I mean, I've never had anybody complain in the leadership. They just love to be, the younger people love to be around the older women. The older women love to be around the younger women because they bring bring so much energy. (laughs) Yeah. And when you've got that, when you've got that age span on your leadership team, then you're going to know, you're going to get feedback pretty quickly. You know, these gals this age are are feeling left out or, you know, you're going to, you're going to instantly hear about it. Whereas if you don't have them on your team, you're not going to hear about it for a while. They're just going to start, you know, dropping off (laughs) and you're not going to know why. So, yeah, and, beautiful. Well, this is – oh, go ahead, Emma. And when you do an event and yet you're going back to get feedback from from your leadership team, you, you're getting feedback from both sides. You know, yeah. you're getting feedback from the younger person's perspective of the event and the older per- people and the older ladies' perspective of the event, and you can put all that together to do better next time. Yeah, it's great. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Emma Soy of the website www.womenseekingthefather.org. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk about what keeps women in the church disconnected from women and how to inspire them to actively participate. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Event. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time 
at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I just want to send a big hug and thank you out to all of you who are listening live right now at Blog Talk Radio or at one of the listener boxes around the net. Because of you, we are once again, like usual, on the front page of Blog Talk Radio, and it just always just makes me so happy to know that so many of you are getting value out of this and come each week to listen in to our guests. And it's such a joy to have Emma here today to share with us the women's ministry leadership training on bridging the gap between older and younger women. So, Emma, let's get going on the topic of why women in the church stay disconnected from a women's ministry. You know, we've been talking about some of the reasons. You know, they just like uh, one of the main reasons is they just don't see it as for them, you know, the idea hasn't yeah. really crossed their mind that when there's an announcement or whatever about women's ministry, that that means you. <laughs> yeah. so what are some of the other reasons that they stay disconnected? Yes. Now, one of the things is, is is their perception. If if um, I find that if uh, women who've been in the church for a long time, you know, the perspective that they used to have when they were growing up of what women ministry used to be, they keep that up. So that one of the things is the perspective of what they think women ministry is. Um, the other thing is, as we said before, it's busy. I mean, a lot of these women are very busy. Do they attend church regularly? Sometimes, you know, women may not be at church regularly, and when the announcements are given, they just they we're not there, and they're not, um, and we're not reaching them, or we're not approaching them as leaders. I make it a point whenever someone new comes to the church, then I make the point to reach out to them. Um, sometimes people are really shy; they don't think, uh, they don't want to participate. They don't know anybody in the women ministry that they want to be with. Some, it's friends bring friends, and people go where places where they feel welcome. And so sometimes women, I just feel like, well, they're not, they're not connected enough in the church. They don't know anybody in the women ministry. I mean, those are some of the things that are reasons that I think that keeps women away from participating when you, especially when you um, have an event coming up, you know, as you said, they think you're talking about other people except for them. So the thing is, it's taking the time to reach out to, to women and make, make your ministry welcome to everybody. Uh, make people feel that they can participate, whoever they are, as long as they're women. And so look for the shy ones, the one for the ones that are looking uh, in the corner, don't want to participate, leaving, come late, leave early, <laughs> not connected in the church. Um, those are the kind of women who just won't participate. Yeah. I'm thinking of how hard it is, really, to get yourself to go to something that you don't know anybody at. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't I like mean, to it's do that rare. either. Yeah, exactly. It's the rare yeah. person who just gets really excited yeah. about that. Um, it yeah. really takes a lot of courage to go somewhere where you don't know anybody or you don't know if anybody's going to sit by you or even say yeah. hi to you. And so mm-hmm. as we want to extend this invitation to younger women, the best way to do it is one-on-one, I feel like, um, is you saying, you know, you. and actually in our church we have um, – uh, coming up right now in the fall, we have this thing where it's called a welcome event for women, and we welcome new yes. women to our church, but also to our community. We have a very small town, and uh, so we welcome new women to the church and to and or, really, to the community. So if any of us can think yes. of somebody that we've seen around at church or that we've seen around town that um, is pretty new, then we just invite all them, and then, of course, all of our main core women come, too. And we have these fun games about, like, you know, we do, like, for an example, we have the center, like, here's the church. <laughs> and so from the yes. from the central location of the church, stand northwest, east, or south, close or far away from the church, depending on how far you live. And what's really yes. fun is that people find out that they live right down the street from somebody that's yeah. right there with them. Yeah. But what yeah. we started doing a couple of years ago, is we started making up little um, postcard-sized invitations, and instead of just sticking them in people's mailbox or whatever, we would actually divide up the entire church directory between us, and we'd say, I will personally invite, you know, these 12 women. And then we would brainstorm anybody new that we could think of and also invite them with these cards. It made a huge difference. It went from like up to like 20, that are 30 new people, and we only have a church of 300. You know, so, I mean, this, this idea to ex- actually 
speak to someone and invite them and you're like, oh, I don't have time for that. Well, honestly, if you don't have time for that, then you're not going to have time to nurture them once they get there. So I I think it's so important. Being disconnected from women's ministry, I feel like, Emma, it's really a mental, you know, that one has to come before the physical connect can come. I mean, you've got to get past the mental barriers. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, too, is, is acknowledging the thing, the reasons, the things that are keeping women from right. attending or engaging in the women ministry, having that in your mind and looking at women in the church completely different. You want them to participate in women ministry and be aware of the barriers. I remember one of the churches, one of the uh, women leaders of one of the churches that I used to attend, she would meet women in the church every Sunday, whether you, you've been there or you knew in the church, but she's always finding things, interesting things about each woman. And when she meets one person and a new person comes in, she buddies them with them. She introduces yeah, awesome. She would introduce them together. I mean, even when I started to go to the church, she was, she knew I was a nurse. She finds me someone else in the church who's a nurse, and now we have something to talk about and connect with. And so I think that was so good because when she wouldn't do an event in the church, that person who's been in the church who's a nurse, we have things in common. That person will take the time and come in and and becoming my friend, and we'll go together to the event. And so I think that is so important because you may not be able to, to uh, meet every person because the whole church is is big. But when you are able to connect people with other people, then I think it's a win-win situation. And truly, women are searching. I mean, if your women's ministry is reaching the heart of what they feel is their need, which is possibly... Um, getting closer to understanding how to get it closer to God in the minutes they have or or how to parent their children or how to um, be a good friend or whatever, and you put this into a time frame that can work with their schedule and you you are you are faithful to starting on time and ending on time and you know i I often think of um the analogy, and my mom really taught me this need to be so careful with people's minutes. If you had a room of 50 women or let's say 100 women, you have a room of 100 women and you start five minutes late, you started 500 minutes late. 500 (laughs) minutes. I never thought of that. But each woman there who has many other places that she could be right then, she could be doing something else right then. If you consistently disrespect her time by starting late or going over and never, you know, never um, really taking care of her, uh, she can't keep coming. She just doesn't have the energy for that. Her life is very stressful. And uh, you need to be the place where she can come and really receive spiritual nourishment and be cared for. And if we can't do that, even at our meetings, even at our planning meetings, Honestly, if it's, yeah. if they're not nourishing, the women will not yeah. keep coming to them. They, they just, will not come. There's too, much, there's too much pressure in our lives. We just can't do it. Too many I think, things to I think do. That the, older, the older women were really, we were trained to see it as our responsibility to go. The younger yeah. women don't have that training, and they don't yeah. see it as their responsibility. They, and if we time, don't actually nurture them, they will quit coming. Yes. Yeah. And every time they go, they want to feel that they're getting something. It's not time. Wa- it's not wasted time. They can. Uh, as a, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. As, as a woman, as a women, women ministry leader, you got you have to keep the purpose of your ministry in mind every day for every event that you have. Um, I feel that women ministry um, exists to nurture, to uh, to facilitate and support a women in your church. Uh, to help them live as as Christians, you know, disciples of Jesus Christ. And so when you keep that purpose in mind, you see every woman walking in that church needing that ministry because all of us right. would love to be nurtured. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. At home, yeah, there are so many things that we're doing. Who's nurturing us as women at home? I mean, you're there. You're serving everybody. At work, you are there working. and all. When you come to church and people are doing things to serve you, um, to nurture you, it's such a good feeling. And so you, are, you do have a good thing to offer every woman. And so 
every event should have that. You should have that in mind. Why do I do this event? To nurture, to facilitate and support other Christian women in the church. And as you back to the women's ministry guide again that you can get from womenspeakers.com for free, just register for the free gift on the left side there. But in that book, it talks very clearly about you getting before you even start this women's ministry, or maybe you inherited a broken one or whatever, go and get with your pastor and ask him what his vision or her vision for the church is because the reality is that the women's ministry must be an extension of the leadership vision for the church. If you're trying to take this women's ministry in a different direction from the church where it's going, that's never going to work. You've got to understand. You know, and this was our, you know, our fifth point here. Uh, Emma was why to clarify the purpose of the women's ministry first and how that impacts the overall church community. What the women are doing in women's ministry absolutely affects the whole church, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. And 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 women, when you have you right, women ministry is 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 part of the should be part of the vision of the of the of the church. And you know the most you know churches they want to you know reach out with to people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and so um women ministry you know that's your you know you're not doing something it's not a it's not a support it's not a group where you come in and social i mean yes, you do some socializing, but you do have a purpose in mind of bringing people together so and that purpose definitely should mirror the purpose of the church and yeah. um and when when you have that, that's why you are able to trying to look for disconnect people in the church because the pastor is doing the same thing. He's looking at the church to see who in the church, who who do we have here that are not connected, disconnected? Because when you have people that are connected in the church, they 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 are the ones who become the faithful ones. The ones that are there, the, the people have a reason to come to church, and and so once you have them engaged, being part of the ministry, they they become, you know, they bring the husband, their children will all be part of the church. So yeah, yes, right, it, right, it should be the vision. Yeah, yes. You know, there's an old saying. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> and, you know, women's ministry is nurturing the heart of the home, the heart of every yes. home in church. And it is yes. so important. And I am amazed. When I go speak in a city like um, I'm going to shortly go and speak at a homeschool convention uh, for a weekend. And what I do while I'm there then is I look at the churches in the town and I look if there's some women's group that I could go and visit while I'm in town and speak to them as well. Well, what amazes yes. me is how many churches don't have a women's ministry. There's nothing there, Emma. You look and they have a men's ministry. They have a kids' yes. ministry. But there's no women's ministry. And ministry. it just breaks my heart because women really, really need a special kind of, just like we're talking today about different ages needing special kinds of ministries within the whole. Um, yes. Women need a special kind of ministry compared to men or children. I mean, yes. it's a total thing to be a woman and we need each other we totally need each other you know i want to go back to something we said um during this section here about clarifying the purpose and we were talking yes. about events and why are we doing this to nurture people and all that and i wanted to just this is really broad and this is not always the case sometimes other life um, circumstances come in and change you know skew this up a little bit but as a general yes. rule as a women's ministry leader you're going to find that your younger Christians, that even maybe your non-Christians, your baby Christians or your gals who really didn't grow up in the church or whatever, they're going to come in and they're going to just absorb. They're going to receive like a sponge everything we give them. And they are so hungry for nurturing. And they're coming to you. And some of these girls have never been loved in their whole life. They don't have like a mom or a dad to say, I know what love is, I know what a parent should be, because they never had a good parent and they don't and they're just yes. gonna absorb everything you give. Whereas when you when you bring these younger women in, you're gonna have some of these younger women who immediately step up to the plate and want to take responsibility. Now my yes. perspective and experience with this is that those are the gals who actually had some loving and nurturing growing up or they're more mature yes. in Christ. And so they have this like foundation where they don't need to just receive, yes. receive, receive, receive. They can actually give. Yes. But one of yes, the big yes. mistakes that a women's ministry does is they expect everybody to come in and get to work right away. And yes. we, we, just, yes. we just can't, when we have broken hearts, 
You just don't, yeah. you know, it's like having yeah. a broken leg. You just don't ask the person yeah. with a broken leg to do everything yeah. that somebody with a good leg can do. You know, you just give yeah. them time yeah. to heal. And then guess what? Once they're all healed mm-hmm. up and ready to go, they're going to get involved and they're going to be one of your best servers. Not, yes. not like serving people necessarily, but one of your best servants' hearts, you know, just somebody willing to work. Yes. But now you can drop that into the area of challenges also because women yeah. Yeah. coming in in your ministry with di- in different age groups come in with different problems and issues. Um, and so you have to be alert and ready to see your, group, your women ministry cha- being changed, transformed when you have when you used to have an older woman with the, with with some of their issues, you know, menopause and you know, retiring and different things, and now you're having women coming in with all kinds of other issues that yeah. that is very different, and so you have to be ready to to serve this group. Um, uh, that's one of the challenges too that I think women should uh, leaders should be aware of. But in in the area of disconnect, my, my um, uh, why women are so disconnected? Sometimes it's not only time, but it's money. When you have an event where people yeah. have to spend money, they may not have it. You know, younger parents, younger women with you know small children, they just starting families. You know, they live in tight. Some of them live in really tight budget, and they may not have you know the extra twenty, thirty dollars to go to an event that the church is. So having that in mind also. Um, is important transportation access to to the church those are the, sometimes you know believe it or not not everybody have a have a car you know and and so all these things i think are some of the reasons that keep women from attending women events sometimes in your church Mm, yeah, that's so true. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Emma Soy of WomenSeekingTheFather.org. She's the author of a book called P, Proverbs 31, just P31 Workshop. And you can find more about that over at her site, WomenSeekingTheFather.org. We're going to come right back and talk about how to create a special bond among your women while directly supporting the mission and vision of your church with an inter denominational, interdenominational, intergenerational uh, ministry. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more, all available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are on the home stretch with our guest today, Emma Soy. So grateful that she could be here with us and that you could be here with us. It's always fun to have you along. And, of course, if you ever miss a show, you can listen to the archives at Blog Talk Radio or it is at marniesfriends.com, and it's over on the right bar there. Okay, Emma, let's talk a little yes. bit about how to create a special bond between the older and younger women of the church. Yes. Now, the special bond, sometimes um, as a leader, I don't think you create it. it it's, it's the events or the atmosphere that you create that uh, allow the two sides to get together and loving I each love other. Yeah. It's more like you're facilitating it. You're not doing it, right? Yes, you're facilitating. You can't make it happen because people are very different, and, you know, that would be a, uh, a big job. Actually, God actually bring these people together. He knows every person in that room or every person in your women ministry. As you continue to pray for your women in, in, in your ministry, you know, you'll see how God just works his way. He uses us as servants, as vessels. And so he will do the rest. <laughs> he asks us to set up uh, the atmosphere. He asks us to set up the place, set up the ministry like that. He will connect the two women. He will find a woman who who needs encouragement for from a, an older woman. He will do it. He will do it. And so I, I think sometimes, and sometimes you know, if we don't see it happening quickly. You know, don't get discouraged. Um, you know, in the beginning, there will be some problems. There will there there are going to be some issues and some problems. 
you know, just pray. Just be patient with it, you know, and wait and see how God is just going to move in in the midst of your ministry to bring the women together, um, each person. Um, it's wonderful to have an, I love it, to be able to have a, one, an older woman in my life. I recently was visiting an older woman who's been in my church for a very long time, and I grew up knowing her. And now she looks at me today as a teacher. <laughs> but I look at her today as a teacher. I recently was visiting her because she was not feeling good, and she was able to tell me about her loneliness and, you know, how she doesn't have any children. She doesn't have, you know, she had never been married. And, and so she was, you know, pouring her life. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, no, I've never knew all these things and, you know, right. that she's been going through. But it's such an opportunity that God has given me for me to be in her life today and for her to be in my life. So, But God will do the rest. The bond will be formed. Your job is to create the atmosphere. So when you say create the atmosphere, like maybe describe a couple things a women's ministry leader could do to actually create the atmosphere. Yes. Now, one of the things uh, the uh, women ministry could do is to make sure that y- your women understand the purpose of the ministry, meaning that you want to bring two generations together. You know, it's not something you do in secret, but it is something that you do, meaning that you talk about it. You, you tell, you say, "I want to bring the mother, the the grandmothers, the mothers, and the." and the uh, granddaughters together. I want, there's so much to do. There's so much to learn. I bring, so I would use a time of teaching about that, how important it is to have it. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is, is, is every, um, the events that you do, the, the kind of events that you do. If you see more younger, uh, older women signing up, more younger women are not coming, even though they're part of the ministry, you make the point of focusing and look, studying your ministry all the time, evaluating what is going on in the ministry all the time to see if what the vision God has given you, is it, is it, is it, is it happening? I mean, is it going on? Is, is it there? Um, do you see the bonding? Do you see the friendship going on in your ministry? It's keeping your eyes open. Be aware and assessing and evaluating all the time. Hmm. Yeah. I, one of the things that um, has been really helpful for us is to make sure that the different age groups are represented in a way that makes their friends, their people their age want to come. So one of the things we frequently do is we ask for an event, maybe like a Christmas um, ladies' tea or whatever, we ask different individuals to decorate tables. And we say, okay, let's do the theme of nativity or let's do the theme of angels or let's do the theme, you know, mm-hmm. like that. You pick a theme and then you say, mm-hmm. um, who would take a table? And every, all these different people take a table. Well, at that moment, at the moment that a lady says, I will decorate a table, all of a sudden, she has extra, uh, I'll call it ammo, uh, if we're guys hit women, uh, I'll call it ammo, and uh, she has extra <laughs> ammunition to go and to invite a friend and say, come to come to this event that we're having at our church. I'm actually decorating a table with all the little yes. angels that I have around my house, and it's going to be so cute, and everybody's going to do a table in a different way. And actually what it does is it creates um, immediate bonding. Because yes. now the woman who is being invited has a reason to come more than just that it's a women's event. Now my friend has a table that she's decorating. She's working hard to make look nice. I want to go support my friend. Now, yes. the other thing you can do is when you have speakers, you can bring in speakers of multiple age groups. So if you're addressing yes. the topic of, let's say, daily devotions, maybe that's the topic for this week or you know, for this certain program or whatever. Well, then maybe if you just ask five different women to present, somebody from their yes. 20s, somebody from their 30s, yes. somebody from their 40s, yes. like that, you give them three to five minutes each, and that's your yes. whole program. And what you have yes. here is you have an amazing way to yes. express your love for all the ages as well as to get to know all of the speakers who spoke right away. There's a bond there. So do yes. you have anything else? And we've only just got a couple of minutes left, but anything else on this um, creating a special bond between the older and younger generation? How about the music? You know, how about the music? Because yeah. we can find different... <laughs> 
um, you're going to find different uh, views and what, which music do we play? And, you know, what, because so I, I believe that both sides should be represented also. Yeah. When it comes to to music, not all uh, the new worship, but also remember the older women how they love to sing the hymnals from their hymnals. You know, there are wonderful uh, hymnal songs today that you know it's more modern and and things like that. Just remember, it's not all about one side; it's the two sides together. And when you're presenting, when you're doing events or presenting anything, um, I love the idea of bringing women of different ages. Definitely, you want to you know you want to put them in the platform to so when an older woman comes, they they identify with that older woman. But that when the younger woman comes, also the younger group will be identified, be able to identify. But also the older woman will see the maturity in the younger woman also to to not think that just because they're young they don't have much to offer. Right, right, yeah. And then another thing to do is if you have mixers or those kind of things, to include um, mixers that will actually shake up the group a little bit and have everybody sit by somebody else for a little portion of the yeah. evening. And yeah. you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't like separate friends who came together to spend an evening together. Mm-hmm. Don't separate them the whole mm-hmm. evening, but do yeah. separate them for a little bit um, in a mixer type yeah. game <laughs> where people can yeah. actually get to know. Um, from a different table. One of the fun things to do is to have a scavenger hunt, just what's in your purse, and um, yes. have a list and put things in that people from all the different generations would have. And so that everybody has the opportunity. Like, for instance, probably a 72-year-old isn't going to have a pacifier in her purse, but a 25-year-old very <laughs> well may. <laughs> so, you know, to kind of just by everything that we do to express that yeah. what we are doing here is we're including everybody and everybody has something valuable and everybody's busy and everybody is contributing to the world and how can we yeah. contribute to each other's lives for the glory of God? That's the whole goal, isn't it? That's the goal. Yes, that's the goal. Emma, uh, uh, this and I hour think, has flown by. Do you have, yeah, a closing remark? Oh, that there. was fast. That was fast. That was fast. But I, 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 before I end, I just want to say that's exactly I think the thought in Titus 235 is, I think, I think it's wonderful when we can take that uh, passage and just apply it in our own ministry, women ministries. I think that, that that's wonderful. Absolutely, in our everyday lives and also at church and with everybody we meet. Super. Well, Anna, this is ours. This flown by so fast. It did go fast, and you were such a delight to have. Let's tell everybody if they went over to womenseekingthefather.org, what would they find there? Well, they'll find um, they'll find some of the events that we 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 that we have. We hold a women conference every year um, in the Chicagoland area, and you'll see pictures of different videos and different things. Um, my book I'm starting to um, will be I'll be speaking about my book in January um, 2015 as P31 workshop coming out very soon, helping women to um, become more aware of the way they eat the way they take care of their money, and they're looking at their beauty from inside out, according to the Proverbs 31 woman. Oh, that's great. Emma, do you have a favorite Bible verse or maybe one that you would say is your verse for life or anything like that? Yes. My favorite Bible verse is that um, all things work for the good of those who love God. I I really think a lot of things that happen in our lives may be uh, out of our own control, but God is in control. Oh, I love that, and I'm so grateful. <laughs> I yes. remember, I remember a couple of years falling into bed uh, a couple of years ago, bed, and everything was falling apart in my world. And I was, I fell into bed, and I looked up, and I said, "God, everything yes. is out of control." And it was like He winked at me and said, "Out of whose control?" And I was like, "Yep, that's true. Yes. It's just out of mine. You're okay, aren't you?" <laughs> He's Emma, in charge. Thank All you things so work. Much. All He's, things will work. Yes. Absolutely. He's such a good God, and he's so fun to follow. And I just am so grateful that you could be here today. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for having me, Marnie. And thank you for being here. We are so glad that you come uh, here live or if you listen later or even in the membership zone over at Marnie.com. We're just so grateful that you 
appreciate the ministry that you support us by joining and, and uh, getting out all the archives and all that kind of stuff and all the training and boot camps there. We got, oh, my goodness. As we go live here, we've got some great boot camps coming up for you, a holiday planning boot camp, as well as next year's um, Life SOS Expo and Bible Study Expo. So check that all out also at marnie.com. See you next time. Bye-bye.